All right, what's up? Dapper Dividends number 25. That's right, 25 shows in the books. Well, it's not in the books yet. I'm still recording it. But thank you for spending your time, your hard-earned time. We all have the same 24 hours a day. And you're choosing to spend probably the next 15 minutes with me. I hope you're going to spend all 15 minutes with me. That's a funny thing that we all have the same 24 hours a day. Think how productive some other people are. What's their secret? Well, their secret actually is what I am doing with dividends. I'm taking some of my money and buying parts of companies that will pay me a dividend. And there are people working in those companies. And this is the cool part. It's like I'm building an army of people that are giving me money and they're doing work. They're diligently working to keep giving me money every 90 days. So that's how the wealthy do it. You have to have people working for you. You're basically buying people's time to make you more productive because think of the wealthiest people in the world. All of us have, we're all human beings on the planet earth and we all have 24 hours in a day. So how do they get what they get done? They buy people's time. They have a surplus of money and they look for people that are selling their time, which is what I do when I go to work. And a lot of you probably do the same, which is okay. But you can get a little, little taste of that by doing what I do and investing in companies and buying other people's time that are going to work for you and return you money uh, more than what you put in over the long haul. If you stick it out for the long haul, it's obviously apples to oranges uh, comparison, but they are both fruit. So I, I make the motion that my analogy stands. Yes, my analogy stands. So where was I? Ah, yes. Uh, show a little bit of housekeeping. I've had 667 plays, one above that number of 666 spooky ominous. If you're a Christian and you read and believe in the Bible, that was the number of the beast of El Diablo, of Satan, the, the man downstairs, whatever you want to call him. And I read some time ago that they found a new fragment and the number on that was actually translated to 616. So it may turn out that the triple six, 666, may not be as notable or ominous or spooky as once thought. And the number could be 616. I'm not a Bob, Bob <laughs> I'm not a biblical scholar. So that's for other people to discuss and chew the fat on. And we will not do that today. So 667 listens overall since the inception of this show. My audience size is an estimated 26, which is fine because that's 26 more people before I started doing this. That's all it takes. Seriously, that's a mind shift. Some people may hear that number and think like 26, that's it. No, dude, I don't care. I have 26 people that it estimates are going to be listening to my show. That's my audience size. And for somebody that doesn't do a podcast, like say my brother-in-law, I have influence and authority. Uh, I don't know about authority, but at least 26 people are choosing to repetitively listen to me that he does not have. So I have a little bit more influence than he does. So um, yeah, in life, that's, that's something you can do. You definitely can have mind shifts and mindsets and success is very dependent on how you think about things. So let's just, oh, 18 countries. I counted. I still have been heard in 18 countries, which that also blows my mind. Thank you to the world. I am international. I love it. So tomorrow, today is July 3rd. Tomorrow is Independence Day in the United States. It is the day that we celebrate 
the signing of the Declaration of Independence. That is when our founders said that uh, they didn't want to be part of a monarchy anymore and they wanted to break free from the crown and obviously I'm sure most of you know what happens and how that turned out. And I also want to thank the military members. If there's anybody that is serving abroad, thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for choosing to serve when you did not have to. And I know that because I am a Navy veteran myself. And I just did a YouTube video called Independence Day with the Dallas Cowboys. I always want to say Cowboys. Independence Day with the Dallas Cowgirls. And I recant the story. <laughs> I like, uh, I, I started entitling like Gilligan's Island. Sit right back and you hear a tale. You'll hear a tale of when the USO brought the Dallas Cowgirls aboard the USS John C. Stennis for a Independence Day show. And we were the only carrier that was out at sea, I remember, on Independence Day of 1998. We had also been out to sea for 40 days. Let me tell you how badly that sucked. So we were on station in the Persian Gulf for, I believe, about 115 days, I want to say. And usually we'd go out for a couple weeks, um, maybe a week and a half, two weeks between port visits. We would only always visit one of three ports. It was either uh, UAE. So there was two ports in the United Arab Emirates. There was Jabal Ali and there was Dubai. And Dubai was looked nothing like it does today back in 1998. I wish I was so lucky to have seen it as it is today and then the third one was a little island off the coast of Saudi Arabia called Bahrain and we would go to the capital city of Manama and there was a little USO area there and we really didn't there was no sightseeing or excursions when we were out at port visits in uh, Dubai and Jabal Ali we were able to go on excursions you were able to take a bus out in town uh, you could get lost in the city for a day um, there was things to do but in in Bahrain, not so much. Basically, all there was to do was go to the USO area. They would fly in cover bands. I remember this Filipino cover band playing Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses, and we would drink a lot. That was basically all there was to do. But hey, when you're out at sea for 10, 12, 16 days, and on United States naval vessels, there is no alcohol. Now, there may have been a hint of alcohol in some of the higher ranking, like the commanding officer or the executive officer. I do not know. I never got to see that part of it. But the ship was dry. We were not allowed to drink. So, yeah, any chance to blow off steam and be on land for a little bit? We loved it. So I know what it is like to be away from home, to be separated from your friends your family your bed and you know if you're listening to this here's an, another little psychological <laughs> i cannot talk it's friday night <clears throat> my wife and kids are at a friend's house for a barbecue i got home from work i work today because i'm working hard i'm trying to make that money because every dollar i earn gets me close to my goal and today was overtime money so that's why i work today so anyway what was i saying yeah, I'm trying to get out of here. Um, oh, so what I would tell the guys, <clears throat> what I do tell the guys that I work with is that you're going home tonight. Just think of how fortunate that is. No matter how bad of a day you had at work, A, you get to choose that you be here. You can quit right now, whenever you want. You can walk, wake up and say, I'm quitting. I'm not going into work today. Call your boss, tell him to 
bug off and you don't go in can't do that in the military if you try to quit you will go to jail you will be put in the brig for dereliction of duty they'll throw a whole bunch of other uh charges at you out of the ucmj the uni the uniform code of military justice so you can't quit you have to go to work under penalty of imprisonment <laughs> and then you'll be dishonorably discharged but you also when you're out at sea you do 12 hours on and 12 hours off <clears throat> so imagine you work in an office so your office would split into two groups it would be a day crew and a night crew and the day crew works from 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. And then the night crew works from 7 p.m. till 7 a.m. And you do that every single day. 12 on, 12 off, seven days a week. You eat with the people you work with. You live with the people you work with. You sleep right next to, above and below the people that you work with. You shower with the people you work with. You see them all the time. If you don't like them, too bad. You have to live with them. So... I try to tell these people, they always think I'm, I'm very level-headed and, and even-tempered and I have a high tolerance threshold, which I guess I do, and I guess that's a benefit of what the military taught me. But that's the thing. <laughs> I've never forgotten that, even though I have been out of the Navy since 1999. I know that at the end of the day, no matter how bad of a day, and I usually don't have any bad days, but if I do have a bad day, I know I'm going to go home. I'm going to sleep in my own bed. I can have a beer if I want to. I'm going to see my wife and children. And, you know, it's just, I seen that. I, the reason I didn't stay in is because I didn't want to start a family while I was in. And what the, the one thing that solidified that I wanted to get out of the Navy was, so this was back in 1990, 1998 when we were on our deployment. We were in the Persian Gulf. And one of the guys in my division, he he was having his first, well, he, his wife was having his first child. And tough luck, he was away. I believe it was two months into our deployment that she gave birth. She sent him a VHS tape of the birth and uh, it was rough, man. I remember him crying. The first time he saw his child was on a VHS tape on, on the TV on board. And, you know, I just saw that and I was like, ah, this isn't, this is going to be like my college experience. I never went to college. So the Navy was basically college for me. But when I saw that shipmate of mine in tears, because he didn't get to see the birth of his child. And when he did meet his child, I believe, let's see, four, I think the kid was already yeah, the kid was about six months old. No, four months old. His son was about three to four months old the first time he got to meet his son. That sucks. Now, you don't go on six-month deployments all the time, but every every carrier group has a deployment where they go away for six months, and that uh, <clears throat> that sucks. Nobody likes that. I only did one deployment like that. But luckily, I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't even have an apartment. I lived on base. I lived not base. I lived on the boat. We In the Navy, we call ships boats. So I lived on the boat. And 
there's three pots in a cot, which is kind of the reason I went into the Navy too, on the advice of a cousin I have who served during Vietnam. And he suggested, you know, you, you probably want to look at the Navy, A, because I'm in the Navy, and B, you get three hots and a cot and a shower. Now, yeah, you're not going to be on land, but, uh, and it was true. It really wasn't that bad, and I would definitely do it again if I had to. So, holy cow, I just rambled on about, I don't even know if I said everything I wanted to. But anyway, so I'm going to leave this how it is. I'm not going to change it. Uh, let's get into my my buys real quick. And, you know, it's just, this is testament of just how easy it is to dividend growth invest. Anybody can dividend growth invest. And the reason I love it, as I've said before, I am a terrible trader, horrible trader. What I do very well is I buy a stock and I hold on to it with vice grip like tenacity. I don't want to let it go. And that's why I'm a bad trader. So, you know, several years ago when I came became aware of dividend growth investing, that's all I thought was, wait a minute. So the whole thing is, is that I buy and I hold and I hold and I never sell and I get paid money for holding? Yes, please. That's that's the genesis. It's that easy. Now, obviously, not all dividend stocks are created equal, and this is where some of the learning and minutia and mistakes you'll have to make get into it. But there are very safe companies that you focus on, you make your core holdings, and you just get paid. It's a beautiful thing. And let me get into it. So first, in my taxable account, I wish I would have done this differently earlier and started a taxable account, but they scared me off before I knew better. Um, I was scared off because they said, well, you know, if you have a taxable account, you have to pay income tax on that every year. Whereas if it's in a retirement account, you don't pay tax on that until you retire. If it's a traditional or if it's a Roth, all that Roth is, is you pay taxes on that money and then it goes into the retirement account. But because you've already paid taxes on that money, any growth in the future when you withdraw it is tax free. But the, uh, the downside is you have to wait till you're 59 and a half. And with the burgeoning popularity of the fire movement, you have to, you cannot touch that money until you're 59 and a half unless you pay a 10% penalty. Well, that's terrible. Then you're just, you know, if, if the market returns 10% in a year and you have to take money out, you know, you're going to lose. Um, anyway, so if I had to do it different, I would put a bunch into a taxable account, not be scared because that money, if I choose not to reinvest my dividends right now, I can use that money for anything I want to. But when I put that money into my IRA, it's the, it's locked up. It's basically saying, you're not going to touch this money till you're at least 59 and a half. And if you should need it, you got to pay a 10% penalty on it. So don't touch your money if it's there. And I definitely love having a taxable and an IRA. So in my taxable, which I have not shared the value of yet, I'll share the holdings. I don't know if I want to share the value of it yet, but uh, not too much this week. Uh, interesting week, uh, more upward movement. I, I think we're headed for a recession easily and clearly. I, I don't think this, is, uh, this manipulation is going to go on forever. So I bought Cisco ticker symbol CSCO at $45.99. I love Cisco's low debt. I think they have a lot of room to grow. I think they're going to be around for a while. 
I also bought ExxonMobil, ticker symbol XOM, and I touched on that the last episode. I covered why I, I still buy them. I've kept buying them, and I think they're going to arrive. I think they're going to emerge out of this whole COVID slash uh, oil glut that we've been having, and they're going to be profitable one day once again because they are huge and they are fully integrated which means they're involved in the upstream midstream and downstream process of oil and natural gas which some of these smaller companies uh, are not and i think they're going to buy up a lot of these companies that are going to file for bankruptcy they're going to purchase their assets and i think companies like uh, i like chevron and exxon mobil royal dutch shell i think is going to be okay and it's unfortunate that they they cut their divvy but i think they'll build it back up quickly when this is over and then i also received dividends from pepsi and albemarle so ticker symbol pep and ticker symbol alb albemarle i love albemarle i think they have a very bright future ahead very low uh, free cash flow payout on the dividend so the dividend is super safe and they are involved in lithium they are one of the leading lithium uh, miners and producers in the world so with all these evs and the ev craze i think that albemarle you know unless they figure out some other technology other than lithium for these batteries uh, i don't see them going anywhere anytime soon so i love getting dividends getting paid from them and then I shift over to the $30,000 uh, self-directed IRA. So what I did do with this, if you're not familiar, I took $30,000 from my traditional IRA at American Funds, and I transferred that $30,000 over to a Charles Schwab IRA that I opened up. <clears throat> so in order to do that, I had to pay American Funds a $125 processing fee uh, this is the first time I've done anything like this. I really enjoyed doing that. And the the downside is that I have $30,000 sitting there. I've gone through about 16000 of it. So I have about 14000 ish still sitting in cash. That's the only downside is I'm dollar cost averaging that in. I didn't want to just dump it all in and then have some <laughs> crazy calamity happen. And then, you know, I could have got everything way 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 more on on sale um, but anyway so i started with thirty thousand dollars even to the penny and at market close yesterday it is thirty thousand five hundred fifty four dollars and fifty eight cents so i've not even fully invested that money yet i've only invested about half of it and in a few months i've already made five hundred fifty four dollars and fifty eight cents which is a beautiful thing um yeah, so, so I'm up on that. It's, it's pretty decent. Uh, I did receive dividends, the first dividends in this portfolio from Kimberly Clark, ticker symbol KMB, of $3.21. I also bought, and by the way, this is all updated in the portfolio. So if you go to YouTube, you can type in Dapper Dividends Portfolio, and I have a link in the description of that video, and I also... Uh, showed a little video that I probably should make another one on how to use this um, really basic and easy uh, dividend portfolio um, that is linked to Finviz. I scraped the data from Finviz 
So there's just a few fields you have to fill in and everything else uh, populates by itself. So I did buy the aforementioned Chevron, ticker symbol CVX. I bought three shares at $87.25. I initiated a position, the line in the sand position, as they say, of General Dynamics, ticker symbol GD. I bought three shares at $148.69. I like the PE where it's at. I would have liked to gotten it a little bit cheaper, but as I always say, the, the trick with the line in the sand that's not proprietary to me, of course, is that it just gets you in even if it's one share just seeing that you own one share at this price if you own something at 148 dollars and what is it 148 dollars and 69 cents with gd even if it's one share and then it drops down three four dollars you feel really compelled to buy because you're like wow it's way below my average i'm gonna add more and load up so just a good way to get in on that um And then I added to IBM, ticker symbol IBM. I bought two shares at $118.88. Love their dividend, super safe dividend. You're not buying ADM. Archer Daniels Midland, everybody, taking over my brain. Uh, You're not buying IBM for the growth. You're buying it for the dividend. I don't think they really have much more. They're kind of maxed out. They're at the top. They're like a balloon floating against the ceiling. They got nowhere to go. The IBM balloon can't go up anymore. You know, not unless the uh, wind blows it and it shifts toward a stairwell or something. So, uh, yeah, you're buying IBM and I'm buying IBM. Everybody's buying IBM for the dividend. And then I bought three shares of AbbVie, ticker symbol ABBV, at $98.95. Looking at the chart, there's very little resistance that I see. Um, The RSI indicator, the relative strength indicator is pointing up. So is the MACD. So I think AbbVie, even though it's $99, it is still a very low PE. I think it's a PE under 11 doing this from memory last time I looked. So uh, yeah, good company, very solid dividend, very safe dividend and very, very safe. Something that's a core holding and I'm going to be holding AbbVie for quite some time. So Holy cow, I can just talk. Did any of you look up Loquacious yet? Have you lose Loquacious? There was a guy I used to work with at my first company after I got out of the Navy and little short guy named Larry. He would just talk and talk and talk and I called him Loquacious Larry and nobody knew what the hell I was talking about because I'm a little bit weird like that and I like like big, long, uh, grandiloquent words. Grandiloquent or grandiloquence is when you use big fancy words on purpose to try and impress people. So in and of itself, by using the word grandiloquent, I am being grandiloquent. How's that? Some irony for you. All right. So I'm going to get out of here. Well, I'm not going to get out of here. I'm going to take a break. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at RustyRam78. I have a YouTube channel called Stashing Worthy Acorns. Please, please check it out. I'm getting better every week, everybody. I can do it, Mom, Pa. I can get better. I'm doing it. So check me out on Stashing Worthy Acorns. And I put $50 into the Stash app, the Worthy Bonds app, and the Acorns app. And I'm adding $20 a month. And I'm doing this as a two-year experiment. And I'm sharing the results every week in a fun little and usually shorter than 10 minute video because of all the editing and it's okay it's because uh, it's something I've wanted to try so I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back
So this will be a quick ending segment here. As I said, I just uploaded a Sea Stories video. So you can go to YouTube. Everything's on my Stashing Worthy Acorns channel. You can check that video out. I like it. I'm having fun with it. It's something I'm trying. Um, I'm going to keep telling some sea stories. Hopefully I can make them quick. I, I'm a perfectionist, so I want everything to be perfect. And just so I have trouble just leaving things like that's my brand. That's my work ethic. Everybody knows that if you have me do something, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I'm not going to shortcut. And if it's not done perfect, I'm probably going to lose sleep at night. So I've been learning. I've been growing. I wanted to do a podcast and I wanted to do a YouTube channel and I'm finding all the ups and downs of them and the hard work that goes in building something from the ground up. Also, something I have been doing is watching World War II veterans on YouTube. I would highly recommend that anybody does this. Go to YouTube, type in World War II veteran stories, and you will find a plethora of veterans from all over the country and even internationally. There's some English ones I've seen and fantastic. It kind of puts things into perspective and makes me feel a little bit inadequate that I am telling my own sea stories. And it's nothing, nothing like what these guys went through. Mine is uh, Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders on uh, Independence Day. Um, A shipmate of mine uh, got um, drugged and he was, we'll just say, taken advantage of. She brought him back to the room we were sharing, which was attached to a casino so it was a hotel and casino and he passed out and she uh i'm kind of telling the story now i'm gonna stop anyway my peacoat disappeared into the ether and is probably still floating around in some dusty basement or pawn shop in tasmania to this day and that's pretty much it so the song of the show is something i can think no better song of it is American, not American, American by the Descendants. Punk band that I love. And this song is wonderful. It's under two minutes long. It is a very short song, which is not what my podcasts are turning out to be. And it's how I feel. There's a line in there that says, I'm both proud and ashamed every 4th of July. Boy, that sums me up like you wouldn't believe. It's a song that... It's just about that. They detail some of the beautiful, amazing things about the United States of America and then some of the dark, terrible things. So it's kind of like that cognitive dissonance where you're holding two opposing beliefs at the same time. That's that's how I feel. They codified it into a fun little short punk song. So definitely go to YouTube, type in Dapper Dividends playlist. And the newest edition on there is American by the Descendants. This has gone on way too long. I promise I'm going to make these shorter. And somehow, some way, I keep talking longer and longer and longer. So let me know if you like it. Give me feedback. I'd love for somebody to leave a comment on Apple Podcasts or just leave a comment on my YouTube. Let me let me know what you like, what you don't like. I'm just kind of speaking my mind here, going free form, free flow, uh, free associative extemporaneous thought, if you will. So remember, what I like to say at the end of every show is that everyone you meet has something to teach you. I will talk to you on Tuesday.